Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 10th of September 2017. I don't think there's a day goes by without me wondering to myself about Agenda 21. For the whole 21st century, remember, so many things to be ticked off and accomplished in 100 years. And don't think this is all going to happen at the end of the 100 years. It's happening every year, in fact, step by step by step. It's happening all the time. And when you look at the whole agenda, as I say, for 21st century, Agenda 21, they have to get everybody in to the cities, off the land, uh, for the planned society. Many things to happen, too, of course, uh, uh, to do with society in itself. But get them off the land and eventually, uh, under many different guises, unsustainable having to supply power outside into rural areas, etc. All this stuff, you see, or maintain roads and, and so on and so on. So many excuses that they can be used. And the thing is that the whole century is literally planned like a big business plan and every part of the agenda has to be implemented step by step. And I'm sure they, they, they know exactly what year each part of it will be implemented and fulfilled, in fact, before they get to the end at all. So we're living through the big, big changes. That's why you're going, you're going to see the massive uh, funding, we already have it in Canada, of these electric cars, which are no use in the rural areas in wintertime up here. And with the, the, the fact that if you had the same amount of people, for instance, driving electric cars as you do ordinary cars, then you, you would find that they would need more and more power supplies to charge them all. And they're not going to build any more nuclear reactors, etc. We know for a fact that the solar is no much use in Canada either because you have so much, a good part of the, especially where I am here, a good part of the year is under snow. And you aren't going to get uh, the kind of charging and the solar panels that you need for to keep it all going. It's well, well understood. And even with wind power in Canada, they won't have enough of that, that uh, being charged and so on and so on. It's quite amazing to watch all the, the things being put into place. And people will think, well, it's not going to work. Well, it's not meant to work in the long run. You understand? It's not meant to. The population is to be stuck into the big overcrowded cities. Down the road, and not too long in the future actually, not too far in the future, they're going to introduce communal living to keep like more people. In fact, you'll, you'll probably see documentaries put out about, say, the West Coast Indians uh, uh, that they had in Canada, the Haidas and so on, and they had big long lodges to, to put their, their uh, people in. They, they all lived in them in the winter time. And that'll get pushed. Similar ideas, communal eating places where, where one bank of stoves heats up the, the food, heats up the place for them all to live in. So that's all going to get pushed down the road, step by step by step. Uh, not because they want to, to, to actually, not, not because they don't have the energy, it's because that's the agenda. As the superfluous people, which is all of us, are gradually, gradually die off, basically. That's, that's pretty well it. And we won't need as much to live on. You'll all have your little cell phones, uh, dash computers, where, where you can get all your fun from and keep you completely occupied for the rest of your lives. Pretty well taken care of already, in fact. 
But in Agenda 21, they say eventually there'll be no cars except essential vehicles only. That's, that's your, your police, military, whatever happens to be, civil servants, bureaucrats and government. That's an ambulances. That, that's what it'll be. And that's all been spelled out and agreed upon and signed by all the countries when they all signed the documentations. And don't think that when they go into 2030, for, you know, for the year 2030, that it's just to do with the climate agreements. No, no, no. That's only a small part of it. A very important part, but a small part regardless. All these other things have to be taken into consideration as well. We're living through massive changes. Now, remember too, to do with the climate, that for years and years and years, governments have signed on to different little agreements amongst themselves not to use weather warfare upon each other. And I've gone through talks years ago, back in the 90s, about these treaties that they signed in the United Nations. Same with their, their, their slumdog bullets, hollow bullets, hollow pointed bullets. They can't use them in, in, in opposing armies in warfare, but they're allowed to use them at home on their own people. That's where the police have them. And it's the same with every other treaty to sign. And now remember, weather warfare, and remember that all of society is the enemy, according to the Club of Rome that came up with the idea of blaming man and the weather for the problems as a good excuse to change society and give the governments the right to start ruling them in an orderly fashion. We're, we're, we're all to be much the same in a collectivist type society. So they hit upon the idea that, that famine, droughts, and, and weather problems and so that and the like, that would fit the bill. So here we are with it all. So they must drum into the public, naturally, that it's all your fault, which they have been doing. It's your fault that the weather's crazy. Well, it's not all crazy. It's not as crazy as they make it out to be, but it's not as what it should be. And you've been watching, for those who, who actually see anything, we've been watching this spring going on since 1998 on a pretty continuous basis. We've been watching pretty heavy, intense, almost daily heavy spraying of the skies since 1998, where I live here in, in Canada. And... Of course, all the testing was done long, long before that. They weren't testing out, even though they claim now that they're actually testing geoengineering in case they have to use it for the future. They've been doing it all along. All the testing is really over. And you mustn't scare the people. That's the whole thing. Don't, don't scare the peasantry and lie to them all the time, which, of course, is what they do. Just like the movies. Don't tell the people they'll be panicked, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so they just do it quietly. And you bring on the bad weather. And now it's time, now when I've said that it has to be time now to really, really push using all the, their techniques now for weather warfare, the spraying, the harping, H-A-R-P, and superheating of the atmosphere and the scalar technology, they must really bring it on to get some, some things that the general public will actually see and, and start talking about themselves. They'll get a few nudges here and there, they'll get a few reminders that the weather's a bit strange, and they'll start talking about it. And they'll say, see, it's all your fault. Nothing to do with the military spraying and so on. It's all your fault. And you're, you're, you're causing global warming and pollution and you're breathing carbon dioxide, etc. Uh, it's got to stop. So stop breathing, all of you. I'm just joking. Maybe not, actually. But anyway, 
here we are, and we must get it message through. And they'll bring on chaos. I said that years ago. They'll, they'll cause chaos, if need be, to, to make the public go along with the whole agenda. This isn't just to tax you. This agenda is to allow you, everybody, to have their lives ruled and run by government agencies and private agencies working for the government to manage your lives from birth to death. No more you deciding what you want to do, uh, what you want to purchase, or where you want to live. It'll all be done for you. We're all too silly to make those decisions for ourselves, apparently, you see. And every tyrant in history wanted this kind of power. Now they have it because they've got everybody on, on electronic networking and so on. They know daily what you're all thinking. They know if someone's complaining. They'll know if there's a trend of complaining going across the world or your country any given time in real time. And they'll find ways to get around it to make you all comply. Well, this is their main obstacle. To, well, let's find a way to get around that. And that's, they do this all the time, by the way, for other things as well. This is the most managed time in, for societies ever to be managed. It's now. It's never happened before like this. Never, ever. Even when they had armies and tyrannies and so on, they could never find out exactly what everyone's thinking. Now they put up freely on their Facebooks and their Twitters and everything else, and they chat, chat, chat. And it's all being listened to. They know it too, but they, they, they don't want to believe that anybody's listening to them. Isn't that amazing, eh? Isn't that really amazing? Hmm. And they have no, no real, well, no real fear being listened to and monitored, it doesn't really seem to compute with them. It really doesn't. They think the fun they're having is all some kind of juvenile fun that'll go on for their whole lives long, however long that might be. Because it is very juvenile. And you can see society changing, big time, fast. Especially with the, the are people who've been brought up with it already. I've mentioned before about all the studies. Con- they're constantly studying us at MIT in other places, other universities too. They're given access to study us. And they know darn well what they're doing. They know that, that human behavior has been incredibly altered already. And they know that they can set out a trend so fast and have people comply and, and copy and mimic and all the rest of it so quickly. It's rather interesting with all the behavioral studies that are going on constantly upon the people. And people, young people think now too that, that when they're communicating on their Facebooks or whatever it happens to be, uh, that they're actually communicating to people. They're not really. It's all, it's all facsimiles of things. It's not, that's not conversing with people. That's not talking to people. It's a facsimile. And so behavior is being modified big time. When the one technique that's been used constantly, daily now, is what the media and entertainment project on a daily basis where they can make you th- think and believe anything just by everywhere you look, it's, it's the same stories. And people, have be, people are behaving this way today, or they're changing this today, or doing something else today. And it can give you a completely fake impression of the society, the real society around you. And that's intentional too. They're, they're, again, I've done all the studies on that as well. <laughs> but just to tie in to... Agenda 21, before I go on to other, other topics and stories, we can go into Australia, for instance, and what they said about Australia to do with uh, 
the towns and the streets, etc. How they're nudged and managed and pushed without even knowing it's happening. So it's so cleverly done. Uh, and this is one here is uh, South Australia. The Department of Planning, Transport and Infrastructure, DPTI. On behalf of the Minister for Transport and Infrastructure, Principal, invites tenders from companies or a consortia to provide and manage a delivery team for the Streets Ahead Communities Project in accordance with Section 3 of this document. For over a decade, the DPTI has been developing and implementing a series of travel behaviour change projects, travel behaviour change projects, formerly known as Travel Smart. They've been smart now, isn't it? Eh? Households, you get smart cities, and you get monitored all your internet, so it's smart uh, intelligence monitoring and all that. Anyway, it's these trans- travel smart households that they're calling it now. DPTI's living neighborhoods, it's another term, living neighborhoods, and travel behavior section will again commence delivery of a new Streets Ahead communities project in South Australia, commencing February 2018 with an expected delivery time of approximately nine months or until a minimum of 33% of households are engaged. That means they're on board with it. A household is considered engaged when subsequent to a personal conversation, follow-up correspondence is sent. The project aims, through holding collaborative conversations with householders, to influence shifts in personal transport behaviour, specifically towards a reduction in car use and car reliance, whilst providing benefits to the householder or their wider household personally. Trained conversationalists, there you go, that's, that's, that's PR, people who are trained, you know, in different tech, like the Alpha Italians, will speak directly with householders about their car use. It'll make you feel guilty and bad, ooh. Or the way in which they make personal journeys more generally and work collaboratively with them to identify ways they could reduce their car use. Now, this goes right back to the same kind of thing I mentioned a week or two ago or a few weeks ago about the, the Australia having the same government type agencies working on farmers and other, and other big households, in fact, how to reduce their energy use and consumption. Same thing, behavior modification. Is that why you vote people in? So they can, they can get private agencies to make their behavior personal, you know, change your behavior. And right now, remember, that's how they're doing it. And eventually, once enough folk are doing it, then they'll punish folk who are not and force them onto it. That's what they've always done. You know, the, the, the car licenses at one time didn't exist. You didn't need them. You didn't need road tax. You didn't need your insurance even. It all came bit by bit. So it was voluntary, voluntary. And the goody, goody ones, the ones that give uh, apples to the teacher, uh, the, the people pleasers, they, they're the first ones to, to get on board. And then they're followed by the ones who, who use status symbols. Oh, I, you don't have that. Well, I can. I can afford it. And then the rest of them are for, forced on once they're at a certain percentage. Always the same techniques. We're so easily understood and easily manipulated, aren't we? The same techniques. Anyway, back to this story here. So it's behavior modification so they can get you out of your car. Hmm? So trained conversationalists will speak directly with householders. Now, that means that they, they know how to get around your objections to anything. I mean, you feel guilty and all that, all that kind of stuff with, about their car use or the way in which they make personal journeys more generally. I work collaboratively with them to identify ways they could reduce their car use 
in ways that align with their values. There you go. See, you must make the person think it's their values. Oh, don't you believe in, in, in conserving stuff? Oh, yeah, I do. Oh, that's your values. Ah. Improve their lifestyle in some way and benefit them at a household level. It's all for your benefit. <laughs> the primary outcome of this project is to ensure safer, greener, more active travel. I guess you'll be covered in fungus if it's greener. And improve community well-being and healthier neighborhoods th- uh, throughout. Or that's what I guess they mean to try through, actually say through. A reduction in vehicle kilometers traveled across all journey purposes, as work and non-work trips, and an increase in active travel kilometers and trips, that is walking, cycling, and using public transport. And it'd be great in Canada when you don't have much public transport. And they won't let you go back to the old horse and buggy, I bet you. I bet you don't. That's interesting. In Canada, some years back, they passed laws that you couldn't use animals for, for actual physical labor. I guess that would also apply to pulling your little buggy along if you use a horse. Hmm. Anyway, a reduction in the number of VKT may be achieved in a number of ways, including using the car more efficiently. That is planning journeys ahead and carpooling. Reducing vehicle trip lengths, that is, using local shops and services. Well, supposing you don't have any, well, you'd better move closer to them, out of the, out of the country and into the cities, eh? Substituting car trips by using other transport modes, that is, walking, public transport and cycling, and eliminating the need for travel, that is, telecommuting, shopping or undertaking other business online, which will have to be delivered to you by nasty, nasty vehicles, I suppose, eh? Hmm. The delivery of the Streets Ahead Communities 2018 project mm-hmm, will take the place across various suburbs of Adelaide and will involve a significant area of the designated council area. Initial discussions with council regarding this project partnership are proposed for the coming weeks. Now, I wonder who came up with this. Is another private group too funded and then the government's all bullied to go on board? Because they're all scared stiff, you know, of the big foundations. Every politician is. They all, they all are. Hmm. This contract is a schedule of rates contract for the provision of services for the one-on-one engagement component of the Streets Ahead Communities project. And the DBTI seeks the services of a contractor to provide and manage a delivery team consisting of at least two supervisors and a team of conversationalists, well, what an awful term to use these con men and women, to contact approximately 18,000 households within the project target area. I wonder, if they're all going to bicycle around, eh? You think so? I don't think so, do you? <laughs> It's <laughs> so wonderful is to go in their big fancy cars, all paid for by the taxpayer, to tell you to stop driving yours. Eh? The contractor will be required to take a partnership approach. Oh, it's all partnerships with DBTI. Isn't that wonderful? We all like to be sociable, don't we? And delivering the project to the target area. DBTI has an established behavior change methodology because I've used it in other, other areas of, of society, uh, and it works pretty well. It makes you guilty. Oh, that's true enough. I shouldn't be eating that kind of... I shouldn't eat meat. Oh, I shouldn't eat that. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing that. Mm. And conversation approach, and will provide support to the delivery team in training and development, while the contractor will be expected to project, manage, and the employment of the delivery team, performance management, and the logistics of delivery. Mm-hmm. 
conversations and supervisors will need to have obtained appropriate clearances by January the 12th, 2018 and be available for training prior to the commencement of on-ground delivery in February 2018. The project will require conversations having a guided conversation initially in person with at least one person in a household followed by a subsequent follow-up phone conversation. Throughout this process, residents will have the opportunity to identify a solution that addresses any transport issues they might have. Well, I would tell them it's just too, the gasoline's getting too expensive again, and these cars, I'm telling you, are way out of sight with the cost of them. Uh, that's my concern. Anyway, they might have that are consistent with their personal values or motivations. And the personal values are like a bigger car, actually. They can handle the snow better. The conversations will work collaboratively with the resident to devise a solution which reduces the car use, uh, leading to a personal benefit. It's a, don't you understand? It's for your, It's like if they came to your door and told you to start losing weight and, and, and they'll go along in their big fancy car and you can run along and jog alongside them like a, like a boxer in training uh, and how good you'll feel about it. But don't you feel better now, eh? Don't you, eh? It's, it's such conology. Doesn't it make you sick, doesn't it? Doesn't it really make you sick? The, the conology that's used consistently on the people, using, using the public taxpayer money to try and con and, and brainwash the public into this compliance. And the same thing will happen one day, for the few maybe that are left married today in this day and age, because they're pretty well destroyed so much, they'll come to your door and, and, and actually sit there and tell, wouldn't it be better if you all live separately? All the women with the women and one big one big lodge to heat the place burns and all the men and one just like just like the early Gnostics did. How about that? Hmm? There you go. I think the Shakers did it as well. And they went extinct and that's the idea. <laughs> but now it says the concept will work collaboratively with the resident to devise a solution, you see. And it says this will be followed up in writing. So once they start writing, it's almost a legality. And, and to the person's mind, they know this too. If you start signing things, it's going to like a legality. You'll feel obligated more so. It's like a legality. Strange that how it works, isn't it? If required, a resource tool is sent to the resident to further assist them to implement their identified solution. Conversationalists, well, what the solution would be, give the residents more money to buy a better car. Hmm? Conversationists will contact participating residents multiple times throughout the project term, follow-up and reinforcement. See, there you go, reinforce all these little psychological terms. Let's reinforce the behaviour to support and encourage increased travel behaviour change. It's amazing that I've done the talks on Scotland where the the government wanted everybody, every child born, to have a personal, someone who can be an advocate, they call it, someone who spies on them and who must get access to people's homes. Right? Intrusion, and they would test to make sure they get their PC and have no personal ideas of, of themselves that, that, that won't be, go along with all the, the wonderful future that's all planned. If they catch you in time, they can tinker with your brain like clockwork orange. <laughs> there you go. Eh? I'm not kidding. This is what it, it's all here in your face, folk. And people sit back and, oh, well, you know. They're, they're all trained. They don't mind standing in, ch- in checkout counters and giving all their details with whole people, cues behind them of people listening to all their personal data. This blurt it out when they're asked by the checkout person to get the little personal card, the little card that gives them a few, a few pennies off this and a few pennies off that. So everybody out there knows exactly what they're buying, how much off and how often. Eh? 
But they just blurt it out. Yep. We fought for centuries to get peace and privacy from kings and their armies and then governments and tyrants, and you give it all away to save a few pennies. How easy it was, eh? Didn't need armies, didn't need... No, no, just, hey, here's a deal here. Or say, to start with, we give you this free... Oh, that the flood in there. Hmm. Behaviour modification. Here it is, eh? And it says, resource tools and so on. And then the DPTI seeks the services of a contractor to provide a managed delivery team, blah, 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 blah. An engagement rate of 33%. The contract will cover services that attempt to contact all 18,000 households. That's all your tax. You know how much money you're, you're wasting on, on being brainwashed. Hmm? Ay, ay, ay. Why don't they put all this out when you vote for these prunes that, 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 that sign all this stuff and, and, you know, and use all your money? Why do you bother voting at all? Hmm? Did you vote for this stuff? Every country's getting it, you know. Every country's getting this rubbish. Because we're just the big herd of cattle, and you've got to be managed by the big farmers above there, you know. And they'll hire all these, these, these farm hands, like these characters here around the households, the farm hands, to, to, to manage the, the, the cattle, to prod you here and prod you there, you know. So, and I'll put this little thing up maybe. And there you go. But it's a good example of, of how it's done, isn't it? And you can see lots of this all through the, the coming years. It's already happening in different places, but more and more of this in different areas, too, of society and different areas of behavior modification. It's happening all the time, actually. All the time. And also, too, I've mentioned before the effects, the effects of this, this big data web across the planet, the Wi-Fi system as well. And, of course, the Internet of Things. They keep prattling on about the, oh, how wonderful. Of course, it is wonderful for the global masters. They need it. They, they couldn't do without it. They couldn't manage this and make it all happen without the computerization of everything. But, of course, they're, they're talking about giving us the 5G system, a much, much faster system. And I'll laugh at that if we ever get that in Canada, because, believe you me, it's such a monopoly system in Canada with a few companies that uh, they gouge the customers for, for every little megabyte they get. Believe you me, I know. I can't see them giving you anything faster and better for the same price as when you, you know. And that, that's all been planned too. By the way, some big guys like Jack's Atali talked about that. You'll have literally speed poverty, they call it speed poverty. If you're on the internet, if you live in rural areas, it's all getting part of it again. Don't give it to them, give it to cities and boast about how wonderful it is in the city. Go into total slavery, get packed together like sardines and, you know, bolt your doors with 10,000 locks, you know, because you'll be getting broken into with as everybody's crammed together. Mm. But you have a fast speed, oh, isn't that wonderful? Anyway, it says here that this, this new system coming in too, and this is part of their, their field. It's, it's a, the real unified field is actually a term used by the psychological manipulators using techniques of mind, not just mind control, but really behavior modification too as well. We know, for instance, from the HARP uh, declassified materials from the military that they can actually use HARP for many different things, and, but they can also put in second uh, carrier waves on it and alter the mood of people, for instance. 
they did it, uh, I think it was Maine, they, they tested it on quietly, but they collected all the data, on, and they got data from social work departments and, and uh, hospitals, emergencies and things like that, and police as well. As folk went either depressed or more suicides, or they were aggressive, including animals, even even dairy animals getting uh, weirdly aggressive at certain frequencies. But we're so studied, you wouldn't believe it. You would really, you wouldn't. And most folk wouldn't. Most folk actually will tell you they would choose not to believe it, even if you show them the evidence. I've had that happen. Understand why? I mean, it terrifies them. If the reality is not what they thought it was. Their bubble is getting awfully fragile. And if it pops, they'll turn on you. As I've said before, not many people can really handle the truth. Because it's hard. It's hard. When you see the world is not this nice, happy place. Now, Persinger, I've mentioned him before too, who works at Laurentian University. And if you call it work, and he's into this idea. He actually said that the, the Wi-Fi field around them, and the, I think Sudbury, in fact, is a good example. They want, they want Wi-Fi all over the, the, the city. Uh, maybe they already have, I don't know. But they want it all over the city. And you can't, you've been bathed in a field of Wi-Fi. And the big boys, of course, with their grads and everyone else, uh, are really into this field, electric field, and a person here actually said it would be wonderful because they won't just talk about people starving in Africa or somewhere. It says people everywhere will feel the hunger. They'll feel it in this field. They could actually, well, hey, as, who, who gives anybody the right to make you feel anything? Hmm? You understand the power of all this, what they're talking about here? Without your permission and all the rest of it, they're just going to make you feel something. And then what, to make you feel what, guilty or something? What is this? Dangerous things are happening, very, very quietly, said by people with nice smiles in their faces, as they say, so calmly, what they're up to. And, and because of that, people think, well, it can't be that bad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, ultrafast Wi-Fi on horizon is signed to send data at 100 times current speeds. Now, even though they say they've just done this, it's rubbish, because whatever happens, the military has done long ago, and a much, much higher, like DARPA, for instance. They're always the first to get into all this stuff. Anyway, this is for the public consumption by a science editor. And it says, ultra-fast Wi-Fi, which is 100 times quicker than today, uh, but today's mobile networks, is on the horizon. After scientists proved they could send complex data using high-frequency radiation. It, what used to stun me, too, is, is the stuff they tell you, like, 50, 60 years after the events. Or even longer. I remember watching, it was a British training film for the British military on on snipers and so on. And it went back into the history of it because a lot of the stuff that's done today in sniping from the military uh, was actually pioneered by Germany in about 1930s. And they haven't really improved it. Now, but what was amazing too in it, there's a little thing, it was like a little umbrella thing that's pushed out, small, and, and, and this, this thing, the 1930s, and it was, it was literally a Wi-Fi detection, and microwave detection. And it could also find people, just like you, you'll find it with infrared and so on as well. 
in the fields today, they sell that stuff, I think, for hunters, and, and the, the police have them, I'm sure, and everybody else has them, and the military has them. But back then, they had all that stuff too. But they could also transmit messages by using microwave. Back then. And it was years and years and years and years later, they gave you a microwave oven in the West and say it's brand new, no one had thought of this before. Utter rubbish. And everything else that came out of it. So here they go again. High frequency radiation, 100 times quicker than today. Researchers sent video signals using terahertz rather than the traditional microwaves. And really, you do not want to be bathed in a microwave. You don't for any length. You really don't. At speeds of 50 gigabytes per second. Now, I, that'll be the day. That'll be the day. As I say, when everything's run by the big corporations and your services and so on for, for Internet, that'll be the day when they give you... They're going to give you 50 gig... No, no, they won't, no. Unless you win the lotto, maybe. Most wireless networks only operate at the top speeds of 500 megabytes a second. Boy, I'd like, I'd like to get that even here. The breakthrough could lead to high-speed streaming on the go. Isn't that wonderful? That means you watch movies as you're on the go and really walk into your lampposts and things and, you know, do it really properly. We showed that we could transmit separate data streams on terahertz waves at very high speeds with low rate error rates. It says here's a professor, Daniel Mittelman, at Brown University School of Engineering in Providence, U.S. First time anybody has characterized a terahertz multiplexing system. Sounds awfully fancy, doesn't it? Using actual data. Aren't you impressed? And our results show that our approach could be viable in future terahertz wireless networks. As I say, the military at high levels in certain sections are way, way ahead of this. In fact, this would be rather old for them, old stuff. And then they go through the different uh, definition television broadcasts onto terahertz waves of different frequencies. And then they beamed the two frequencies together to make all this happen and so on. There you go. And then we go into this one. Now I've mentioned before how literally there's nothing out there. You mean the whole con, everything's a con in life. On a big scale today, big scale to do. From the 20th century, when they had Watson and all the rest of them working on behavior modification, and and Pavlov, he wasn't it wasn't trying to train dogs to serve. No, it was to train humans. All this stuff is to train humans, giving you certain reflexes and everything else too. And they do awfully well when it comes to topics today. Where if you just if you, if you if you if you actually speak your mind on something, they're training people to feel guilty if they have certain certain beliefs or certain conclusions they've come to about life or anything to do with life or whatever in general, and how if, how you should feel, feel bad and just go into a, a complete meltdown uh, in a Pavlovian style, just with response, you see, reflex actions. You're bad, 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 and that's what you've got today. It used to be amazing when, when you're young, you, you want to grow up to be an adult and think, well, they know what they're doing and they love to say things. You can say it when you're, you're young, you know, when you're small, don't say that. You know. But but once you, it's, when I'm older, I can say what I want. And that was a big thing of, of coming to age and, and you could actually say what you wanted to say. No, you can't. Now they've got all these, these crowds that, that just come out of nowhere if you say certain things. Oh, you can't say that anymore. It's taboo. 
They've trained society to conform. The end of individualism. That's what the United Nations called it years ago. I read the whole article once on the air. And, and they went through the, how they would do it all and why they'd have to do it all because they couldn't bring their whole agenda through for this collectivist society. If, this, if people really believed in individuality and individual rights and individual right of speech. Oh no, we can't have that. Mm-mm-mm. And it's all happening. And the people are complying because they think that everybody is against them. And it's not, again, going back to TV and everything you hear from media, from authorized media. The whole world is not like the way they're portraying it there, by the way, at all. Because that's all meant to make you conform to, the, to whoever's politically correct at the moment. But they can give you completely fake ideas. If 50 people say in a day that this particular topic, if you say something, is wrong, doesn't mean it's true. It just appears to be that way, the way it's put over. And, and it's, again, visual psychological techniques they're using as well. Hmm. Anyway, how the CIA skill collects your biometric data. When they first came out computers, they said, oh, it's, they called it a PC. Psychology again. Personal. It's your personal computer. And all the talk of the day was how private it was. Oh, privacy. Oh, you had the right to tick this off and tick that off for total privacy. Because they had to con the public to, to jump on board. And then they told them the big one. Everybody knew this, including all the children. I remember going to the library in a, in a town further south. There are about three or four computers there. And there's all these children. And it was, I guess it was our break time from school, at lunchtime or whatever. And I was trying to get books out. And Owen says, oh, here they come again. I says, what? Well, I says, they must be really enjoying something on the internet or using them for their education. No, no. She says, it's all because there's so much porn on the internet. Everybody eventually knew that. They made sure that. Everybody knew that there's lots of porn. That was the big thing to suck everybody in. Isn't that me? How it works every time doesn't sex sells. Bernays said it. Mm-hmm. I look at the mess of it today. Yeah. If they see porn, is that much of it? They, they, they yawn. They yawn. <laughs> Again, behavior modification. So, so much for your secrecy on the internet. How the CIA secretly collects biometric data. And the whistleblowing site WikiLeaks recently published a cache of documents that revealed, amongst other things, the existence of several online programs employed by the Central Intelligence Agency, CIA to gather biometric data collected by the spies' sister agencies. That, that's government agencies and so on. Using a cyber tool called Express Lane, the CIA, according to information dumped by WikiLeaks, infiltrates the various surreptitiously seized and catalogued biometric databases kept by the National Security Agency, the Department of Homeland Security, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. They kept they, they got all your stuff as well, naturally, you know. According to WikiLeaks' description of the application, it was installed without being detected by the liaison officers of the other federal agencies because it was packaged as part of a scheduled upgrade. That's the same with your computers, by the way. When you even update your spyware, that's how they get it into your computers. I mean, that's all I've been to now as well. The latest evidence of the uncovered unconstitutional violation of the Fourth Amendment by our own government was a small part of the, t- of the reams and reams, some 8,600 
761 documents of information released in March by WikiLeaks as part of its Vault 7 project. Other disclosures include the CIA's program of targeting text messages sent and received by smart devices running Google-owned Android operating systems. The program's codename is HiRISE. And to give you the, the WikiLeaks description of the digital dragnet, HiRISE is an Android application designed for f- mobile devices running Android 4 to 4.3. It provides a redirector function for SMS messages that could be used by a number of IOC tools that use SMS messages for communication between implants and listening posts. HiRISE, the oft-maligned whistleblowing organization, explained, is an application that acts as a proxy for texts being sent and received. The texts are then routed to an internet listening post and give the CIA a secure connection between the target and the agency's field asset carrying out the operation. Apple devices aren't immune to CIA's covert collections of data. Per the, the information released in Vault 7, the CIA uses three applications, Achilles, Eris and CP is called. If you were, if it's really cold, you might fancy to do that. I don't know. To hack messages sent and received using Apple's Mac OS. Nothing's safe, you see. And nothing you ever be will. Nothing that's sent to the public will ever be safe. It's not meant to be. It's by law, you know. Perhaps the most disturbing and degrading of the CIA's unconstitutional access to the electronic files and activity of Americans and others is the one codename project Couch Potato. This program remotely gains access to users' videos and then collects and stores any video streams found on the target's computer. <laughs> And it says, here's the official description of the program as released by WikiLeaks. Couch Potatoes provides the ability to collect either the stream as a a video file or capture still images, JPGs, uh, of frames from the streams that are of significant change from a previously captured frame. Each of these cyber tools, when used against Americans, is a deprivation of liberties explicitly protected by the Fourth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which reads... The right of the people to be secure in their own persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable sections and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. But again, that all went out the window, as you all know. If you all remember, when Bush Jr. was in with the neocons, and he went, went to war, and he had, he had 9-11 and all the rest of it, and they actually said to anybody who was against us in the Congress, this whole Patriot getting rammed through was basically a traitor, you know, basically a traitor. Just go along and sign it. Mm-hmm. And they all went along with it. And all your rights went out the window. Really? Mind you, I mean, I think they went out the window a long, long time ago, to be honest with you. The CIA's been running America for an awful, awful long time. And it says, restrictions on federal power are not negotiable and cannot be compromised unilaterally. The CIA may not grant itself, nor can Congress grant it, the power to pry into the computers, cell phones, and tablets of Americans, unless the prying is preceded by the obtaining of a Fourth Amendment compliant warrant. I think there was a good song put out years ago. It was called, That'll Be the Day When I Die. And the summary is shocking and should make them contact the elected representatives in Congress. 
I've heard that my whole life long. Yeah. It's funny because in America, you see, they've got all these, they're, they're, you know, their blood rights and all the rest of it, but most countries don't. And they kind of envy the US, but they don't know that the US, most folk just yawn at things and just let things go along. And they, they don't bother about them. You can give things up by, it's, it's, like, it's like everyone else. If you don't use your legs, you'll lose them. It's the same thing. Same thing. That's how it works, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Another article, too, has to do with Alibaba launches Smile to Pay facial recognition system at KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken in China. And that'll be used across the, the world, too. It's all behavior modification. Don't get sick. You, you watch years and years of your life of, of how they studied insects. Look at the behavior. Oh, my God. And then they did the thing with little mammals, then chimps and all that on television. You go, wow, look at that. Ooh. And it's all they do with you. It's all I do with you. It's not the chimps. <laughs> not to see what mice or rats will do in a cage, you know, and walk along mazes. No, that's all I do with you. <laughs> but this idea of smiling and getting photographed is how they're going to pay for their, for their food at the Kentucky Fried Chicken in China. And it says the service allows customers to process their payments simply by smiling after placing their order at one of the fast food restaurant self-serve screens. Got to smile, there you are. And that'll be all over the place, but it's called smile to pay. Smile to pay. Imagine training you, smile as you're paying. I mean, that's, that goes against nature, doesn't it? Mm. But that's how it's done. Now, it's the, <laughs> the nonsense is churned out daily, 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 distract you a bit from what's really going on. Really going on. Don't forget what really, really, really is going on. So many, so many really important things to do with this 21st century. And everything that's happening was planned a long time ago, often much of it before you were born. But here's an article here to do with, and I've mentioned this before years and years ago and many times since, about the, the big regions of the world, about the big trading blocks, the three unified continents, well, the two unified continents, then the, the Far East as well, with all the different islands, including, by the way, uh, the country or continent of Australia, shoved in there as well. Because they're all under China. That's, that's the third one, you see, the third dam of all. And it says, rethinking the map. And this goes from... Regional Plan Association and Census Bureau, Forbes magazine was in it too, United States High Speed Rail Association, uh, some of the universities, of course, as well, took part in this, and it's to help make it all happen and dream it all up and get grants, etc. These days, in the thick of American presidential primaries, it's easy to see how the 50 states continue to drive the political system. But increasingly, that all it drives is socially and economically. It says America is reorganizing itself around regional infrastructure lines as metropolitan clusters that ignore state and even national borders. The problem is the political system hasn't caught up. It's just, it's just, you know, the, the way it's just phrased is just like the, the gloating way. It comes right off the Club of Rome. That's how they speak about the public too. Because they, they actually say that democracy has served its purpose, but it doesn't work anymore in, in the Club of Rome. And they did, they used this term democracy to coin the public as they went through all these, and then again you vote all the bad guys out every four or five years and you hope for another bunch and they always let you down too, but it stops you having revolutions, you see. 
But uh, here, you ha- here you have, the political system hasn't caught up. Because see, the politics is obsolete, and that's what they're training you now. And most folk actually accept that, that special experts are ruling their lives above you. That's all part of technocracy and the planning of all and so on, and running your lives orderly. America faces a two-part problem. It's no secret the country has fallen behind on infrastructure spending, but it's not just a matter of how much is spent or on catching up, but how and where it's spent. Advanced economies in Western Europe and Asia, here you go, are reorienting themselves around robust urban clusters of advanced industry. Unfortunately, American policymaking remains wedded to an antiquated political structure of 50 distinct states. To an extent, America is already headed towards a metropolis-first arrangement. The states aren't about to go away, but economically and socially, the country is drifting towards looser metropolitan and regional formations, anchored by the great cities and urban archipelagos that already lead global economic circuits. The northeastern megalopolis Stretching from Boston to Washington contains more than 50 million people and represents 20% of America of the gross domestic product. Greater Los Angeles accounts for more than 10% of the GDP. The city states matter far more than most American states and connectively uh, to these urban clusters determines Americans' long-term economic viability for more than the state in which they reside. Again, this is back to the city-states idea too. And I've read the articles even from the military, remember, their think tank, uh, when they talked about the same thing, that the future they're bringing in is going to be big, big city-states. There'll be no, no people in, in rural areas at all, just, just the big megalithic farms, massive farms they'll have. That's, that, that's the, the future for the collectivist system that they're bringing us on to the cities. And then that's backed up by this one. Lincoln Institute engages in Habitat 3, this is all part of it, you see, conference to promote sustainable cities. You never hear this stuff mentioned, do you? Never. When you when 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 vote for me, vote for this party. And never mention about collectivism and sustainable cities and, and re, remapping America uh, and even breaking it up actually in different parts, just like Europe. Same idea. They've, they've talked about that too. Cambridge, Massachusetts, this was 2016. For billions of people worldwide, quality of life uh, depends the way cities grow in the coming decades. And the Institute will play an active role at the historic United Nations Conference on Housing and Sustainable Urban Development. Remember, all the laws for your, for your housing I mean, comes from the, the UN now. Hmm? Did you vote for that too? Of course you didn't, because the UN is not democratic at all. It's dictatorial. And it says, Habitat 3 from October 70 in Ecuador, where nearly 200 nations are expected to adopt the new urban agenda. There you go. Do you, do any of your politicians talk about that? No. A framework for sustainable urban development. But they'll sign on to it. It's working to advance effective land policies to help make cities more environmentally, socially and financially sustainable. With this goal in mind, the Institute has contributed to the Habitat 3 process over the past two years throughout the following roles. Co-lead of the Habitat 3 Policy Unit on Municipal Finance and Local Fiscal Systems. Co-lead of the General Assembly of Partners Research and Academia Partner Constituent Group. Members of the U.S. National Committee for Habitat 3. Expert on Habitat 3 Policy Unit on Urban Spatial Strategies, Land Market and Segregation. And then the, 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 it goes through all the all the all the the bureaucraties speak that they put out there, and it gives you the dates that that was all 
on and the different big, big uh, things that we'd be talking about. Now, everything you talk about, remember, is all done in advance by the Sherpas at all these meetings. They're signed out in advance over the years, and they get all drafted up, and they all sign on to all these things. You should really look through this, because it's a, it's, it would take your whole life to go through the darn thing, because literally you've you got thousands of people working on all this stuff. It's never mentioned to the public. You don't vote on it. It's just done. And the big corporations are in it. Everybody's in it. There's more people folk in it from big corporations and think tanks and institutes and the, the philanthropic organizations, that they call themselves, which are just uh, fronts, really, than there are to do with governments themselves. But there's no public real debating about this. Another one, too, is called uh, Bout America 2050. America's 2050 is regional plan associations, national infrastructure planning and policy program, providing leadership on a broad range of transportation, which means no transportation, except your shanks pony, which is your legs, sustainability and economic development issues impacting America's growth in the 21st century. It's on the emergencies of mega regions, large networks of metropolitan areas where most of the population growth by mid-century will take place. Examples of the mega-regions are the northeast mega-regions from Boston to Washington or South California from Los Angeles to Tijuana, Mexico. Tijuana uh, mega-regions comprise multiple adjacent metropolitan areas connected by overlapping commuting patterns. Business travel, interesting business travel, civilian travel, business travel, environmental landscapes and watersheds, linked economies and social networks. And they show you that they live in mega-regions in the U.S. And I've got the different maps. I'll put all these links up, remember, and the articles too, always do, so that you know that I'm not just making all this stuff up. For those who can follow it, it's not fun what I'm talking about. It's just fact. And you'll find most things that are serious in life consist of fact. Isn't that strange, eh? You know, all the stuff in the media, it's always done in a happy, happy way. And they tell you something nasty and bad, then they're off to the sports or somebody wearing, I don't know, hardly anything at all, and call them a film star, and they call it entertainment. And this is how they just flash back and forth. Until it's a very schizophrenic existence. At least the reality they pretend to give you. And then we'll go on to what it says here about the environment, actually environmental review process on major job-generating infrastructure projects of national significance. It's all done now. It's all mapped out. No future's mapped out. And all it has to do is nudge you and send out teams of folk around your homes to tell you, do you really feel, feel good about driving that car? Hmm. Wouldn't you be better off stuffed in a, in, a, in a big tower with thousands of other people and, and, and uh, it'd be so, un- so economically good for the environment as well. But you'd all, it'd be cheaper to live that way than have you make your own mind up of how you're going to heat yourself and where you want to live and travel and all the rest of it. Naughty, naughty, naughty you. Huh. And it says, America 2050 receives financial support. It gives you a whole list of all these different institutes. Again, all these wonderful institutes and foundations and it's private groups, you know. That you think you run by your governments, don't you? The Link Institute of Land Policy, the Sudria Foundation, the Doris Duke Charitable Foundation. This is where they fund all. You know, this, these are just places to launder the cash out to the NGOs that push all this into existence. The new commissars, and they got a better tomorrow. Isn't it sound wonderful? Right? Energy and climate change. So there you go. High-speed rail. Oh, sure, you'll get that. They've given all your rails. By the way, they've uprooted a lot of the good rails in the U.S. and, and sent them off to, to China and other countries, too, a long time ago. 
speaker, you get high-speed rail, yeah, sure. Landscapes, transportation, water, mega regions, regions, Arizona, Sun Corridor, Cascadia, Florida, and so on and so on. Uh, all the way down. And they show you them all here. Oh, it's just, uh, it's quite something. I'll put them up to show you. It's, uh, it's all well uh, documented and, and underway. Habitat 3, it says, United Nations Conference on Housing and Sustainable Urban Development. It, and it tells you it took place first in Ecuador, 17th, 20th, October 2016. And uh, they went through their, their, their commitment to sustainable urbanization to focus on implementation of a new urban agenda, a new one, not the one you got, but a new one. And remember, Maurice Strong, the late Maurice Strong, was involved in all that stuff too, and he's a front man for all these private organizations as well, and the Rockefeller Foundation, Council on Foreign Relations, and all the usual ones. And it says it's the second United Nations Conference on Human Settlements, and that's what it really is, human settlements. Mm-hmm. It, held the, the, it says the second one was, was held in Istanbul, Turkey, in 1996, and the conference outcomes were integrated into the Istanbul Declaration. World leaders also adopted the Habitat Agenda as a global plan of action for adequate shelter for all. There you go. See, they're, they're not pushing out your homes. Never know. They're giving you adequate shelter, which they, just, what they deem adequate and where it'll be as well. Sustainable human settlements. I'll put that up too. Also, this one here, Megalopolis. From Wikipedia, you can look that up yourself. And then another one, Mega Regions again, another one with Mega Regions, maps and so on. A Wikipedia one with Mega Regions of the United States. And then this one here, which is uh, the future of disaster philanthropy. Awfully interesting. It's a big business, as you well know, because billions of dollars are just shoved in when they have disasters. No one asks where it's all going. And we know, even from the big foundations and charities, that most of the money never gets to where it's supposed to go. It's a great Great thing for people to get rich, awfully quickly, with, with the right people who are in on the act and get the money given to them. So as they go into the weather modification and really force some noticeable things to happen so that people will eventually say, oh, my God, what's happening here? What's happening? Well, it's completely manipulated scientifically. That's what's happening. But you've got to start noticing it so you can blame, get blamed and blame yourself for causing it. And then you can give up all your rice up take Al Gore and all the other carbon exchanges, and they can take all that money from you in taxes and then tell you how you can live and can't live anymore. It's all part of the big technocracy plan. Technocracy is where you're taxed to death for all kinds of energy use, even buying food. That's classed as energy. Everything is energy. And the big masters of it all, the plant that came up with this in the 1930s, by the way, are well at work with the big foundations. The masters of the universe going to move all the little peasants back into these crowded places, you see. Just like they did off the lands for the Industrial Revolution, you're now they're getting pushed back into these awful cities again. And they'll tell you it's better for you. It's better for the environment. It's better for everything. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? And they've got all these thousands of people come around your doors to tell you and nudge you. I mean, you feel guilty and bad about, number one, living in the first place, existing. And then, and then uh, changing and modifying your behavior. So they're good, good. And you'll, you'll feel better about yourself because you'll be good when you're living in utter poverty. From myself, Alan Watt, in Ontario, Canada, it's good night. 
Wir haben hier Gaudio God School. Bis hier. 